Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today, I am super happy to have a good friend of mine joining me here on Sales Lead Dog, Russell Lundstrom. Russell is the founder and chief architect for Marketing Plan Formula. Um, after 35 years on the front line of marketing, Russell decided to, hey, it's time to create a step-by-step marketing form, uh, framework for people just like us to begin really driving execution uh, when it comes to sales and marketing. Russell, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Hey, Chris, man. I'm excited to be here, dude. Yeah, It's been a long time. It has. And, and just to give everyone a little backstory here, Russell is really the guy that led me to Sales Lead Dog. He's the one who said, Chris, you need to start a podcast. So here we are almost 100 episodes <laughs> later uh, into Sales Lead Dog podcast. So just yeah, really man. Well, first... Congratulations. I think what's the current stat on podcasts? I think it's something like 99.5% of all podcasts never make it past this second episode. So, oh, yeah. Congrats. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's been just a wild ride and, and way more fun than I ever thought it would be. Um, but enough about sales lead dog. Let's talk about marketing plan formula. What was the genesis, the seed of the idea behind marketing plan formula? Well, and and really, let's talk about how marketing you know drives sales. But um, you know, like you, I've just been an entrepreneur my whole life, and after working with hundreds and hundreds of different uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs, I really discovered that there was a missing role in the world of business. And you use the phrase "marketect." We're trying to coin this word. Um, but the idea is basically, if you you know, if you were to go out and build your dream home, right? You've been dreaming of this beautiful home your whole life. You finally get the land. You finally get your banker to give you some money. Um, So what do you do? You go out and you hire an architect who goes and takes all those great pictures out of your head, puts it on the blueprint, says, hey, we use these materials. This is the kind of house we're going to build. It's, you know, three bedroom, two bath, blah, 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 all that stuff. Then you go hire the general contractor contractor manages that whole project and they hire, you know, the carpenters, the blueprint or the um, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, all those people. Well, the business world is really the same. You've got the the visionary founder of a business, the CEO usually, um, and they want to grow their business or build their house. And the problem is, is that they'll go out and hire Um, just random marketing agencies or marketing gurus, or they hire internal teams. And the problem is that this role of a marketing architect or the idea of a marketing blueprint um, didn't exist. And so I I got really just sick and tired of talking to, I'm pretty sure anyone who uh, works with a CEO or a founder has probably heard this of, you know, we hired XYZ marketing agency and spent $50,000 with them and got nothing for it. And that was the thing. And honestly, to this day, I hear that story almost on a daily basis. 
Um, and it breaks my heart because if you think about all the amazing better mouse traps and better products and services that are out there and the world just doesn't know about them because of failed marketing and, and really this idea of a marketing blueprint or architect um, is what I think can solve that. And, um, you know, I wanted to come in and, and talk with you specifically because I'm always interested. We deal mostly with um, B2B companies. So big, bigger sales, longer term sales, things like that. Um, but how does marketing interact and play with and, and hopefully, you know, support each other, uh, the sales? And we've recently, you know, there's always that, I don't know if I want to say animosity, but it seems like rather than sales and marketing play, working together in a harmonious, profitable relationship, there's always this, oh, my leads are terrible and marketing says sales isn't doing their job. And, and so how do you fix that is kind of like where we've been spending and investing a lot of time lately. Yep. When you're working with these CEOs, um, or just the organizations you're working with, what is the common problem that they're coming to you with that, hey, we need help solving this? Um, that's an interesting question because there's the problem that they believe they have, which is either bad marketing or something like that, but then there's the problem they really have. And nine times, I, I, I have this saying we say a lot of the time is, you know, 99% of your marketing problems have nothing to do with marketing. It's really, you don't know your numbers and, and the, the marketing that you are doing is not being managed properly. Um, and it's not really executed all that well either. Um, and so just by fixing, knowing your numbers, um, that fixes a lot of the problems. Right. So one of the common themes I hear um, when I'm talking to sales leaders in my role, both, you know, around CRM and yeah. just on the podcast, um, there seems to be a disconnect between sales and marketing mm -hmm. um, where they're not really aligned. And I've used to hear all the term all the time, <clears throat> excuse me, we need to align sales and marketing. Yeah. But the, the people I talk to that are, <coughs> excuse me, people that seem to really begin to write, they go beyond alignment to unification. Like we really need to unify sales and marketing. Oh yeah, what it should be a flywheel. You know, they, they, they work totally together. So what we, um, we, we've all heard this idea of, of, you know, marketing starts at the top of the funnel and you work from the top of the funnel down, right? And the, the top of the funnel generates a lead. Then we do some activity that qualifies or grades that lead into a marketing qualified lead. You know, and the, and the spectrum there goes from basically just a name and phone number. That's a lead. You can go to LinkedIn, you can scrape leads. They're about as valuable as the white pages in a phone book. Because um, you don't know, a, a lead is, is literally just that. It's a name and phone number where you don't understand their buying intent. You don't understand where they are in the buying process, um, any of that. And so what what I think marketing's job is, is to one sort out a true MQL is someone who has a problem. They're aware they have the problem. They're actively looking for a solution. And really at the end of the day, as close as you can get them to that buying decision, where they're all they need to hear is the right message from you and they're signing that contract right yep 
And then, so the idea is then you have this MQL, a marketing qualified lead. And at that point, um, you know, you just need to have some mechanism, whether it's a phone conversation or, or you know, some sort of application or, or, you know, that's really the job of marketing is to get that person and say, hey, is it worthwhile for me to pass this MQL over to sales, where now it's a sales qualified lead and that salesperson has confidence to say, look, it's my time is super valuable, right? So I need to know that this SQL is really an SQL. And if I spend an hour on the phone with this person, you know, I need to have the confidence of being able to, to know that I have a chance of closing this sale. And so what we do is that's four components, right? You've got a lead, an MQL, SQL, and sale. And so what we do when we work with clients is we work backwards. We need to know and, and from my perspective as, as a CMO or fractional CMO, I need to know those sales numbers. You know, Chris, if I, right. if I give you 10 leads, what would you say is the industry average with among who you talk to in that? If I give you 10 really good sales qualified leads, what's an average closing rate? Yeah, if they're really good, that closing rate should be above 50%. Yeah, 40 to 50%. Yeah. That's usually what I see. Yep. So if we know that number, right? And yep. then typically also what I've seen amongst our clients is that conversion rate from an MQL to an SQL. So if, if I have 10 of those, it's usually about the same, four out of five or four out of 10, five out of 10, 40, 50%. And then where it starts to drop off then is the lead to marketing qualified lead that's lower. That's 10 to 20%, right? Because you you have to screen them. But so we're we're working from the top of the funnel back. But if I'm coming in as a CMO, I'm starting at that sales. I'm starting with working with the sales manager and the sales people because my job is your marketing professional. I need to make sure I'm getting the highest quality leads possible. Yep. And really my uh compensation, my review my grading my performance is based on that final sales number not anything prior to that like at the end of the day i'm responsible for revenue yep that's the key and that's that's one of the biggest problems i don't see is the integration of the marketing people all the way through to the sale that's right it it i just had that conversation with a cmo where that was their goal it's like, I need to be able to demonstrate my value by connecting the work that I'm doing, my team is doing to revenue. Yeah. That's my ultimate goal because that's how I truly have to demonstrate my value to this organization and the work that we're doing. Well, and interestingly enough, and, and it's really blows my mind that most companies we speak with don't do that. Um, because even when you're talking about at the marketing level, setting like your marketing budget, I need to know what is my lifetime value of a customer? What is my sales ratio and how much money do I make per customer that I can actually take and apply to the marketing process? I should be using that number, not some randomly picked 5% of revenue or something like that, right? right. I need to know what is a client worth What's the conversion there? And I need to, and those numbers are what going to help me determine what marketing strategies and, and messaging and all that good stuff that I'm using to do my job. 
Right. And this is like getting into this and getting developing those numbers to me, that's what's really creating that unification between sales and marketing, because now it's oh, yeah. not just, I'm just throwing stuff over the fence saying, okay, hey, I gave you 50 leads, good luck. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. doing that work to make sure they're the, the 50 right, rate, uh, right leads, you know, that there's in that journey, like you were saying before. Yeah, realistically, I think your your marketing teams compensation should be tied to sales and revenue. Right. Um, Who should own, you know, before we got on the show, we we're talking around some stuff. And one of the comments you made was who works for who in terms of the marketing department and sales? You know, where where does that all fit in the hierarchy? Well, I believe marketing sits over the whole unit. If you were to say put sales and marketing in a unit, right. that's it. But I'll also state that marketing and sales are radically different disciplines. They are completely separate. Like I've spent my entire career doing marketing and I know I knew up until two, three years ago, very little about sales, which is a shame, right? right. Um, and this is where I think most marketers are is they don't they don't understand the sales process. Like what what does the triage look like? What is an MQL? What is an SQL? What are the objections? What are the beliefs that your salesperson or your your buyer needs to make that decision, right? Yep. Um, and it wasn't until I I started diving deep into sales and sales training and learning sales that I had a real appreciation for boy, I could make this sales job a heck of a lot easier if I really appreciated and understood what's going on over here. Yep. Because again, that buyer spectrum, right? Yep. And it's funny, like most marketers are like, oh, I got to get 50 leads a day. And we take this opposite approach of like, if, if we know, Chris, you need to hit your sales goal this month and particularly in B2B, you're not talking big numbers. Right. Right. So if you're if you go out and say, I need three new clients this month and I've got a 50 percent closing rate, I only need six SQLs. Right. Right. I don't need to go and spend 50 hours doing blog posts and social media and all this stuff that is just generating, you know, generic leads. And then I got to call everyone. I'm wasting a ton of time. Let's go create marketing that is really for that person that has a burning problem that you can solve. Yep. And let's just cut to the chase and get get that person. Let's focus all our marketing on that yep. and, and get that going. Because at the end of the day, every business succeeds or fails based on cash flow. And that comes from sales. Yep. And so you need to really tune your marketing into those people who are ready to buy right now give a six month horizon, it's even more important. Um, but they're out there, right? There's you, everyone's talked to that buyer who you just get them at the right day and the right time. And they're you, yep. it's like, you don't even need to sell them. They're just, they just need to hear that one thing and you solve that problem for them and they're ready to write a check. That's right. Yep. So let's, let's focus all our marketing efforts on that person. Yep. So if I'm a sales leader and I know I've got this problem, where do I start? How do I start addressing or going down this path to fix this problem? So it's, it is a process of diagnoses, right? 
And you need to understand you, the first thing and question in my mind is, do you have a sales problem or do you have a marketing problem? And so like in, like in a, in, in most businesses we work with that do these higher ticket sales, you know, 5,000 or above per sale. Um, we, we look at the sales process because the salesperson should not be winging it, right? They should have a, at the very least, a framework for what does the pitch look like? What does the discovery process look like? You know, the, the standard sales stuff. Yep. And so you, as a sales leader, you need to be able to, what number one, obviously listen and review your sales calls. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm grading you, Chris, I'm listening to your last 10 calls. Are you doing the same thing on every call? Are you following the process? If you are, and your numbers are starting to go down, you're, you're either in one of two positions. You're either in a slump, which happens to everybody, or your leads have gone to heck, right? And so that's pretty easy diagnosis. Yeah, I'm not in a slump. I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm doing all the right things, going to the gym, eating right, good mindset, all that good stuff. Yep. And so, yeah, obviously now my leads are probably the issue. So now I can start working up the food chain or up the, the, the funnel and saying, all right, well, let's start taking a look at the leads. And lo and behold, it's probably where did they come from? What's marketing doing? What's marketing saying? And now we can say, all right, I don't have a sales problem. I got a marketing problem. And the sales manager can be like, look, proof. It's not my issue. It's marketing. And this is what's going to determine the two. Conversely, if if I go to you and you're all over the place, you know, you're you're behind on your car payments and going out partying every night and in a bad mindset and you're in a sales slump, you know, and you're all over the place on your phone calls, then it has nothing to do with marketing. It's a sales issue. So diagnosis is step number one. Where is the problem? Okay. If it's a marketing problem, what do I do? Yeah. Okay. So now we have to start now, this is really where marketing needs to be fully and tightly integrated with sales. So the marketing person should be listening to the sales calls. This is one. So one of the things we do with all companies, and this is a, a, a like a tip, but absolutely record every single sales call you do. And most importantly, the discovery process. You know, when when that prospect is telling you their problems, and what they're looking to solve, that is pure gold when it comes to marketing materials. And your marketing materials, what we do is we actually take all those recordings and today in today's world with you know all this AI chat GDP and stuff, it's really easy to take those transcripts and have chat review and pull out what are the, the most important problems they're looking to solve. And your marketing had better be talking about those problems. Like I had this discussion this morning with someone where their company was selling all these great, amazing things they thought they did, but it was from their perspective. Right. And at the end of the day, your marketing needs to be tuned in. I call it, you know, that it's the most, it's the most expensive radio station in the world is WIIFM. And your marketing had better be tuned into that, which is what's in it for me. And, and all anyone cares about is, are you solving a problem? That's why business exists. Right. Yep. I, uh, we had a client back before where we uh, started working with them and implement their sales process. And so one of the first questions we ask is, 
what is your ideal customer profile? The reason why yeah. we ask that is your CRM needs to reflect that. Yep. And this is a company that had engaged uh, an agency. They've been doing a bunch of work for them for probably six months by that time. And they could not tell us their ICP. Well, and, yeah. And so not only got, that, you spent but all this the, money and who are you targeting? Yeah, precisely. And not only that, what I, what I love, I don't love, I think it's kind of, again, a tragedy, but people who make up their ICPs, oh, it's Bob the Builder and he's 54 years old. And again, it's all from your perspective and your lens. Right. So that's not, I mean, it's better than nothing. I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> right. But ideally what you should be doing is when you're putting together your ICP is like, actually go back to your previous sales. What'd you do last year and who bought? That's your ICP. And then, you know, start looking. It's, um, there's an, uh, like one of the original marketers is this Dan Kennedy guy and he, he calls it whale hunting, right? Every business has their whales. And you have good customers that are super profitable. They're fun to work with. They're like, you're, those are your ICPs, yeah. not the customers that maybe you make a ton of revenue on, but they're a pain in the ass. They, they suck up all your resources. Your profit margins go to heck with them. That's not your ICP. So when you're, when you're doing your ICP, you really, really want to look at actual historical data and you extrapolate from then. And then the easiest thing is just Go talk to them. Right. What is the problem you're trying to solve? Or what was the problem you were solving when we first connected? It's not more difficult than that. Right. And it, it's, you know, you need to ask the right questions, obviously, just like in sales. But salespeople naturally do this. I think if you have a good discovery process with your clients on a sales call, where you're diving in, what is the problem? And you're you're chunking down on the problem and how long has it been going on and you're getting the numbers, that is the marketing. Yep. I all the best stuff I've ever gotten came from my customers. It's nothing yeah. ever I created or my team created sitting in like, a room. I can't stress it enough. The, the gold in your recorded sales calls will solve all your marketing problems. It's just understanding how to process that very subjective data and then analyzing that data to pull the marketing out of it. So if I were to have a conversation with 10 of your clients, Chris, and I'm talking like, what was the problem you're trying to solve? What's the headache? You know, and an interesting thing when you're doing this, and, and this goes to sales discovery too, is you can't ask people what they want. That's speculation. We, we tend to go towards the other direction of saying, hey, what is it you're frustrated with? Like, I, I, I can't tell you what I even want for dinner tonight. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I can sure tell you what kept me awake last night laying in bed. Yep. And that's what I want to know. And so in the, in the sales discovery process, that's technically what salespeople are doing is pulling out that problem. <laughs> and then if you do 10 and you're those 10 are your ICPs, your most profitable customers. And all of a sudden you hear the same message out of four of the 10. Well, guess what? You've got an 80, 20 issue that if you just solve that problem, 90% of the people, your prospects are going to be like, that's my problem too. Cause we all have the same problems. Right. Right. So how do I create the feedback loop 
from sales to marketing beyond the recordings? Is there anything else I should be doing to build that feedback loop to marketing from sales? Yeah, so one is making sure you're tracking everything, right? So every company, and you do this automatically with all your CRM stuff, right? Every company should know and every sales, you should know it. There's two levels of metrics. There's company level metrics and then there's in the marketing world, there's marketing channel or marketing strategy level specifics or, or metrics. And then at the sales side, you have company level sales numbers, gross sales, all that stuff. And then you have individual sales rep numbers, right? Yep. So you got to track all that stuff. Doesn't need to be super complex, but you need to know what is that sales conversion. If I give you 10 leads, how many are you closing? That's your baseline. And then, so moving on from there, um, we, once we have that dashboard created, we, we can start looking, engaging. Now, we, again, we have this decision-making criterion tool set. Do we have a sales problem or a marketing problem? If it's a marketing problem, okay, now let's go over to marketing and we look at, we can take that data that we got from our sales discovery calls and analysis and we can say, is that being accurately reflected in the marketing? If we've heard five out of 10 of our best customers tell us we're trying to fix this XYZ problem and we're not talking about that in marketing, then there's the issue, right? Yep. The other thing we need to look at from the marketing side as we're moving up that funnel is not all leads are created equal, right? And so not all marketing channels are created equal. Um, you have different costs associated with each different set and you have, um, they fall in that lead spectrum from lead to MQL. Like I love to kind of pick on SEO because it's the one thing all marketers do, right? Oh, I need to optimize my website for search engine traffic. But if you think about it, and this is where I kind of use a golf analogy, that spectrum from lead to MQL is kind of like golf because marketing is just a game of probabilities, right? There's no guaranteed marketing. Like if someone comes to you with, oh, I, I guarantee you this is going to work. It's kind of like guaranteed stock picking, right? You kind of want to take your money and run. But um, it's it's like golf where if you're doing a marketing strategy and you're, you know, if, if I'm in the tee box and let's say it's a par five and I'm, my goal is to get that ball in the cup. Um, if I'm in the tee box, I know it's going to take me at least three or four hits. And so my marketing, I'm going to have to do at least three or four different strikes or processes, or you can look at it like how many decisions does your, your lead have to make in order to write that check. Right. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to equalize the grading of the source of leads. So most leads coming in through SEO, unless your blog is ultra specific, those people need to make a hundred decisions before they're even ready to get on the phone with you. Right. They're downloading a PDF or a case study. Yep. They might not even be sure of what the heck they're trying to solve. You know, and same with social media. That's where, you know, those two go hand in hand, where they're very resource intensive to execute on. And the leads, while they may be good leads, but those leads have a lot of steps that they need to get qualified in order to turn into a sales lead. Yep. So we're, we're always looking in, and it's that balance between the two. And this is where sales really does play an integral role in marketing because sales should be looking at the marketing and going, this is not the problem I deal with on the phone every day. Right. 
right? Same with the, like sales should be looking at the blog and even more importantly, sales should be asking every prospect that's actually, and here's another tip, ask your prospects, where do you go to solve this problem? Right. What blogs are you reading? What newsletters are you reading? What channels? Like an extreme example, you do, um, right, enterprise CRM stuff. Yep. So it doesn't make any sense for you to have a really robust Pinterest marketing strategy, right? No, not at all. Like it's just, no one does that. No. Well, every strategy is that way. Um, it's funny, like I talked to a restaurant owner who is doing a big SEO strategy and I've done a lot of work in restaurants and I'm like, you know, that's one of the hardest jobs in the world. Those restaurant owners are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week with no break. Do they ever sit down and read a blog? <laughs> like, no. So why are you doing SEO? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of higher level kind of common sense. And this is where like if I'm tightly integrated with my salespeople, they can make my job a thousand times easier just by asking those two questions. What's the problem and where do you go to solve it? Yep. That's a great, I never thought about that in terms of, you know, having the, adding that extra question into my discovery to, to just, because I was just thinking that's really going to open them up to additional yeah. depth in the conversation. Yeah, because you know, you're going to find out where, like, how long have they been working on this problem? What have they been doing to try to fix it? You're going to be able to know oh. where I they're mean, at in that that journey. Yeah. Again, look at it. So I'm in the world of marketing, right? So when I'm when I'm talking to my clients and I ask, where do you go to solve it? Nine out of ten conversations, they say in my world, I go to YouTube. It's YouTube University. Right. That tells me right away. YouTube is probably my primary marketing channel, right? right? Yep. And, and, or again, cause I'm working with CEOs and founders and such exactly what we're doing here. Yep. A lot of them, I'd say probably six out of 10 listen to podcasts. Yep. I'm on podcasts. So I go where my people are yep. to talk to them. I'm not, I don't have a Snapchat channel right. and I don't have a Pinterest page. And I do use Facebook advertising, but there's a specific reason I use Facebook advertising, but no one's going to Facebook to solve their marketing problems. Right. And right. no one's going to Facebook to solve their sales problems. Right. Right. So you got to, it's, it's, it's all kind of like this. Oh, the moment once you realize it, yeah. you just need to know what, what to look at, right? What questions, the questions are often way more valuable than the answers. Yep. No, that's awesome. So if I'm, what if I'm in sales and, well, actually, let me flip this. I'm in marketing and sales is coming to me saying, hey, you're giving me crap leads. The stuff I'm getting is crap. Um, how, how, how do you respond with how that? How do you diagnose touched it? touched on that a little bit, but it's like, how do you dive into that? Because that, that's the one thing I hear a lot, you know, work from my side, because yeah. we typically work more with the salespeople. Yeah. In the company is all um, the stuff I'm getting from market, it's garbage. Well, so the, there again, I always go back on the numbers. Yep. Is Has there been a significant change in your conversion rates? Um, is there a change in, in um, you know, something that happened? Did the pricing change? Factors outside of your control, did those change? Right. 
um, onboarding requirements, things like that. If that's all the same and the salespeople are following their process and doing their job, then it's by default a marketing problem. Right. Now, what if, I'm going to jump in here for a second, what if, because I've seen this quite a bit, by really looking at the numbers, you can see, hey, the sales guys aren't really engaging with these leads. They're not, we're feeding them to them. They're not engaging them. That is, so that is a true common problem. Um, I forget the actual number again, but it's some crazy thing like 60, 70% of all leads don't even get the first phone call. Right. Right. And then let alone any sort of follow-up or, or yeah. you know, six or seven touch kind of thing. Yep. And so, yeah, that's an issue too. So that's one of those intermediary numbers you would look at right. to say, and so that's a sales problem, right? Salespeople yep. are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yep. And, but it should be obvious and it should, you should easily be able to log into your CRM and go, look, you've only called this person once five days after they asked to be called. Yeah. And that's one thing that we build into you know, we've learned over the years, we have to build that in as a KPI, you have to measure when was that lead handed over from marketing yeah. to sales? How long did it take sales to engage? And then what is that level of engagement? Yep. You know, after they engage, is it one phone call? Or are they putting actually putting them into a cadence? That's the other thing that shocked me when I, I'll engage with a sales team, I'll see this a lot. I'm like, okay, what you know, based upon the channel, this lead is coming in. What are the, the cadence? What's your, you know, that you're, what's the sales cadence you put in place to engage with these leads? More times than not, I'm getting the deer in the headlights look back at me like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I call and them. I, I call them. I left a voicemail. They never called me back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and an interesting number too, that you mentioned that I, one of the most important numbers I've seen that moves really the dial on sales is speed to lead. If you can, like, if you have some sort of online form where someone opts in for something, yep. if you can call that person within five minutes versus two days later, yeah. that will make all the difference in the world. It does. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people just for our business where those leads come in and I'll call them and they're like, I can't believe you called me so quick. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it, they're not used to it because so many people that it just bears out the number you said it's true so many of these leads are just they're going into a black hole because the the process isn't nailed down to ensure that there's that you're jumping yeah. on it right away and so another another thing that i'm kind of curious how um different crm systems it's it's coming online more now but um, is the different modes of communication. So in marketing, we always talk about people have different learning modalities. Some people are visual, some people are audio, you know, some people like to read, some people watch videos. And so as a marketer, I always want to, when I'm putting a message out, I always want to first consider those different modalities and then obviously provide the different same message in different ways right yep. so if you're doing a blog you better have video audio and written material on there because different people consume information in different ways and when it gets down to the sales process and you have that lead are you calling them are you emailing them more importantly are you texting them yep. right and how many different ways can you show them hey we're here for you 
And how many ways can you demonstrate we are the expert and we know how to solve your problem? Yep. Well, we are at our time here in sales lead dog. This is one of those where we could, I think, probably do four or five yeah, episodes. Yeah, I, I could talk all day on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. Um, Russell, if people want to reach out to you and, and learn more about the marketing plan formula and what you can do to help them, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, and and I would also encourage anyone that's in that situation where they're in sales and they're going, look, my marketing leads are crap. Um, go, we, we, we have a, a free workshop on our website at Marketing Plan Formula where it's about a 45 minute workshop where we break down, it's a B2B sample company and we break down, how do you do your numbers? How do you build these dashboards? And then once you have your numbers, how do you grade the different marketing strategies? You know, you need to have an apples to apples comparison. You can't compare SEO to paid ads unless you have some basis for making that comparison. So we have this workshop, it's free, um, has worksheets and everything that goes along with it. Um, it's just marketingplanformula.com slash sales lead dog. Uh, no hyphens, no anything. Easy to remember, obviously. It's your podcast. Um, but, and then if, you know, if we can help in any form or fashion, um, either beat up marketing or beat up management, that's what we do is we we fix marketing problems. And and again, yeah, we're architects. We come in and we'll put together your marketing blueprint so that everyone, you know, you build the house you dream of. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, Russell, thanks again for coming on Sales Lead Dog. And now you're officially part of the Sales Lead Dog Pack. Do you have a Do you have a howl? Can we howl? <laughs> you can kind of like kind of like Ted Lasso, right? They are, they have the sales. <laughs> they have the what the Diamond Dogs. The that's Diamond Dogs. That's right. <laughs> I'm now one of the Diamond Dogs. You're now one of the Diamond, the Sales Lead Dog Diamond Dogs. <laughs> All right, I awesome. love it. We need t-shirts. We do. <laughs> All right. So if you don't, if you didn't catch that link, it'll be in our show notes. You can check this out on uh, impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Not only will you find this episode, you'll find all our episodes for sales lead dog. Um, be sure to check out uh, Russell's uh, website, reach out, contact him. He's helped me a ton on my journey. I know he can help you guys as well. So thanks again for listening. And Russell, thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Chris. I love you. Right back at you, buddy. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.